behind the shades. Every single person I've interviewed along the way, I haven't forgotten them. Um, I reach out to them. I send them emails. I try to keep in contact. Um, at least once or twice a month, I speak to them. It's. I feel like I'm building my my own little community there as I go along with this journey for myself. Yeah, that's the best part. I think I, I have met so many wonderful people. I don't check my book sales. I just enjoy that I'm meeting people. I'm meeting people who are so much younger than me, and we can have some like really, really insightful conversations and deep connections and 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 uh, generate discussions that are truly useful. So you were the first young person, and now it's like like they're getting younger than you. <laughs> I know I was the beginning and now you get all these people coming in and it's but it must be amazing for you to to take on all this um newfound um clientele and newfound popularity as well as this group of people that's coming out to you right yeah I know I'm meeting some really terrific people and people you can collaborate later because we all have the same goal we're all here to help others so that's the best part I think that I'm, I'm staying away for the most part, from the divorce podcasts. And I'm finding that people who are into helping others more than doing the divorce thing and educating about the law and things like that, they tend to be more empathic and it's a completely different uh, atmosphere and I'm liking it better. I'm so happy to hear that. And you know what? I guess that's why we're going to speak today because you're going to bring me and my audience completely up to date. So um, why don't we officially get started? And I okay. want to welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Shades with my lovely guest, someone that I actually consider a friend, Sonia. And Sonia, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and catch us up to what you've been up to in the last little bit since we last spoke? Yes, I am an attorney. I have been in practice for 26 years. I have my private practice in family and immigration law. And my true passion is to empower others and help them turn their adversity into fuel for transformation. So I do that through workshops and through my books. I published my second book in November of 2020, and I'm working on new books. Surprise! So tell us a little bit about this um, new book that you're working on. Like, What's your state of mind as you get into it right now? I am, I am looking to do something that's more on the spiritual side, uh, as opposed to focusing on relationships. And it's something that is going to be helpful to anyone. I'm thinking a lot about the elderly, especially now with COVID and the shut-ins and giving people little tidbits of joy and insights and wisdom that they can apply very easily in less than three minutes a day. So that's all I can share for now, but I'm working, I'm working on, uh, the outline of the book and lots of ideas are coming my way. And I really hope that this book is going to have a lot more reach. Perfect. So since we last spoke, I know we touched on divorce and the relationships. Are you looking to move away from that? Or is the next step an evolution of where you are into this new person, Sonia? I'm looking to expand because the, always the theme was empowering others and empowering people who are going through adversity. So divorce is a natural thing for me since I'm a divorce attorney and because I'm a divorce survivor and because there is a need that became very apparent to me as I came up with the idea of writing a book uh, on the subject. So now I'm expanding because there's all kinds of, of adversities in life that I would like to cover in future titles. 
But um, now with COVID, I think I want to reach for people so they know that they have control over their happiness. And that is not a major project. It's something you can do in very tiny little simple steps that don't take much time. They just take a little thinking. Do you think going forward, there's going to be a need for this? And is it a large enough need that you can make a similar impact how you did previously? I think there's always a need. I think we, we're all seeking happiness. A lot of us are looking to live lives that are more fulfilling and more spiritual. And, but we think it's a daunting uh, kind of undertaking. And I just want to disprove that. I just want to show people that happiness and kindness and joy and spirituality are things that are within our reach. And it's not a difficult thing to do. All it takes is the intention to do it. I know since we last spoke, um, I've come across a number of people who are in relationship coach, life coach, who speak about the many um, different aspects and the many facets of relationships. Similar to you, they touch on the divorce, um, the reconcile aspect of it and maintaining a strong dating relationship and ultimately getting to marriage. And you made a good point when you mentioned um, COVID and the pandemic have an impact on on these areas and one thing that i did notice is up until you mention it now it seems that we focus on a specific age group from about 25 to let's say about 40 45 we don't speak to maybe people who are a little bit earlier on who's getting into the dating market and trying to figure this thing out because we didn't have in coaches and instructors when we were growing up right and then you have the older community who are not used to dealing with a coach to a degree. They're more set, well, my mom and dad did it this way. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it this way. It's not working, but hmm, how come it worked for them was not working for me? Not taking consideration that the generation is different, the time is different, the way we operate in relationships are different. So I find it really interesting and intriguing and amazing that you're focusing on these groups of people, how important is it in, in your in your um, opinion to focus on a group that maybe doesn't necessarily have the same tools that the younger generation of us may have today? I think in terms of the older generation, like you said, that's how our parents used to do it. And in fact, I just, I just had uh, a conversation with someone who's been happily married for over 30 years and is used to the people getting married young and staying together and that kind of thing. But surprisingly, it is older couples that are, are divorcing at a higher rate than the younger couples. And it is because they are at a point in their lives where we now have longer life expectancy and people have more quality of life. And they're they're coming to terms with the fact that they should try to be happy, that this is a good time. It's actually always a good time to, to try to be happy and to fulfill their lives. And I'm finding that, at least in my case, my clientele is predominantly uh, women in their 60s and, and more. And uh, they didn't have those tools, like you said, and they are developing a different understanding because there's a lot of stuff out there now. And they have they have more of an opportunity to compare and to 
and to evaluate what their relationships are like and what they would like their lives to be. So it is a group that um, I'm working with very closely, but what I'm also finding is that I'm coming across a lot of very young people and they're in the dating stage. They are at, a, at an earlier point in their lives and many of them have already had toxic relationships and they're looking to change those patterns. So I think the need is there for people of all ages and the tools are the same. Whether or not we had access to them previously is, is really of no consequence. I think the tools are available. I'm making tools available for people of any age and they can help them at any stage of their relationships or their lives. What about the people who would look and say, well, the person is in their 50s, 60s, and maybe even 70s, and their marriage is, is it's coming to a completion. Um, what do you say to the group of people who would view them and ask the question, what's the point? You're old enough, right? Like you've probably had those kind of conversations. So when that comes out, how do you tackle that? Or not necessarily tackle the person saying it, how do you empower the person hearing it? First of all, my big mantra is you deserve to be happy and you can be happy at any age and you deserve to be happy right here, right now, whatever time you have left on this planet, make the most of it. Don't, don't get obsessed with how much time you have invested in a relationship. And I think that's where sometimes people go wrong that they think, oh, I have invested all this time you know, why leave now? If you are that unhappy, you deserve to start creating that happiness. It's never too late and you're never too old and we are living older lives. And I collect, if you follow my page, you will find that I'm always collecting stories about people who get married in the nursing home in their nineties. You know, I love those stories. Are people in their hundreds, for God's sake, you deserve to enjoy what ever life brings your way instead of just overanalyzing, you know, how long I have been married or how many kids I have or how many accounts we would have to divide. It's all about creating for yourself an opportunity for, for joy and self-expression. I agree. I think it comes to the point where don't feel that just because you've reached a certain milestone, either in age or in a length of a relationship thinking that you can't start over because that's the whole definition of it, right? Starting over, it's just you realizing that at this point in my life, at this point in my relationship, at this point of the time in the day, <laughs> it's not for me anymore. And just because it isn't for you, doesn't mean you hate this person. doesn't mean this person is uh -huh. the antichrist. It just means that you're taking your life in a direction that this person is no longer able to accompany you. Is it that simple when it comes to a state of mind perspective, Sonia? That's one, that's one aspect of it indeed. And, and people grow apart and many find out that after many years living together, what really, the glue that really kept them together was the children or they had separate lives in terms of their careers. And let's say the husband was at work and the wife was at her own job or staying at home. And then you find you find your, your spouse retired and you're together and you find that you have nothing in common. You know, the commonality, the children are gone. And, and whatever you thought you had in common in terms of mutual interests may have waned. 
And in those cases, if you can't find a new glue, which of course you can always try to find new commonality and start uh, developing new things together because life brings you opportunities to do new things every day. So if you can find things that you can grow together from scratch, that's wonderful. You can always do that. But if you have grown apart to the point where you no longer have the ability to communicate or to create new things and to build excitement as a couple, then you might be better off leaving. But it's, I always say, a very, very important decision you should not make in haste. Something that you need to evaluate very carefully before you make that that decision and, and any any difficult moves like this. Do you find that children, although as loving and caring as, as parents are to them, do you find at times that they're used as a crutch or maybe use it as an excuse to extend a relationship that maybe should have ended sometime earlier? You mean like parents saying, I'm staying for the sake of the children, even though the kids are grown? Absolutely. Some people do that. And, and I think some people, like you said, it's a crutch, it's an excuse. Uh, not to accept the reality. It's, it's so much easier to project the blame on somebody else. Uh, but, you know, I, I find it that kids sometimes understand what's going on, even, even though parents think their kids don't realize they're struggling in the marriage or they don't get along or that they're not a good fit. Very often kids say, my parents should have gotten divorced. My parents should have never gotten married in the first place. And, uh, everybody would have been happier if they had split up. I think parents underestimate the insight of their children. And I'm also finding that oftentimes it is the kids that say to the parents, enough, you've been taking so much crap from dad. You know, he's being abusive. And perhaps because of a generational difference, they don't realize that the dynamics are toxic and it takes the kids to point it out. So it, it, there's just so many nuances to the type of situation that there's really no no one size fit all. Yeah, it's like the children are saying, Dad, why are you still married to this woman? She's this, she's that, and she's everything and the, and the kitchen sink. And you begin to realize, at least for me, like when I speak to um, some of my friends who have come from homes that don't have both parents in, in the household, you begin to think, at least for me, and I don't have children, but it must be such an eye opener for your children to come and tell you mm-hmm. your relationship is bad. Your relationship is toxic. We see the chaos that mom is causing you. We see the chaos that your wife is causing you. We see the destruction that your husband is causing you. We see the mess, even though and you probably experience this, or you probably deal with clients that tell you this. So many people are truly unaware that their children know what's going on in the house. Yes, indeed. People think the kids don't notice, but they do. They're like sponges. They, they, they know what's going on. And very often, if they're very young, they might think it's their fault. They don't appreciate, they don't have the insights as to what an adult relationship is like. And that's why when the children are old enough to have their own relationships and have their own dynamics to deal with, it is at that point that they can see even more clearly what's going on in their parents' relationship. And they, they, they have opinions of their own and some of them are not shy to share them. So Sonia, if you, as you continue forward, 
doing this and you're having these great impact on these people and you're meeting wonderful people and you're sharing your lovely story with me and whoever else. What is one of the goals that you have in regards to the impact that you want to have on people in the world? I really want to teach people that they can create their joy and their happiness, that it's within their reach. And uh, not just in writing, I really want to get out there in person and start doing retreats and workshops because not only do I enjoy them the most, but they're also the most powerful. So that's really my goal, especially now that the restrictions are being lifted. That's that's going to be so amazing. I can just imagine you face to face in front of the audience, right? And you're just saying these motivating, positive words. And actually, that's one of my goals is to just because one on one is beautiful. We take your ideas, my ideas, and we put it out in the world, right? But imagine standing in front of a hundred people, two hundred people, a thousand people, and wow. you're yeah, I know, right? And you're reaching them in a way, and all they're doing is looking up at you hanging on to your every word. How important would it be for you to have an audience of people just stand up and say, Sonia, you've changed my life for the better? That would really make me feel so blessed. Um, it is one thing to hear. It's wonderful to hear from a reader or, or someone you just met, but to, to know that the impact is just multiplying to many more people that would really make me happy um i don't know that i'm ready to do a thousand people just yet but just the thought of it it just thrills me on that note now out of all the people you've impacted has anyone come up to you and has told you have, have has you have you got feedback like that where you are totally amazed at the impact that you're having on people yeah, and uh, in fact, somebody who's very dear to me, uh, we have become close and she tells me, you know, you empower me. And that's, that's the, the, the phrase that I hear the most, you empower me. Because it is not for people to cling to me, it's for them to see the strength that they have and tap into it and have confidence in it. So my role is, is to show people what they have inside because they have it. I'm just showing it to them. I'm pointing it to them, but it's there and they can use it. And the moment someone can realize their power and stand in their power, that's the most rewarding thing for me. It's like you're the mirror in their lives, right? And you're showing them exactly. all the positivity that maybe they can't see. And similar to you, I remember the first time where someone told me that they were impacted by one of my um, podcast episodes. And to be honest with you, Sonia, I, I didn't know how to react at that time mm -hmm. because I always wanted to have that. Um, that was my purpose. And, I, and I've shared this with you. I've always wanted to have that impact on people. But when you get that person to, to say it, mm -hmm. it's like, wow, I'm actually doing this. And you mentioned that you're close with that person. Is that something you feel that you're going to continue to do is that you feel a closeness with the people whose lives you have touched in this way? With some people, yes. And this person in particular, yes. And, uh, you know, we ended a conversation with, I'm going to hug you in person because we live in different countries. I can't wait. And, you know, that, that to me would be so, so joyful and exciting. And I'm looking forward to it because I know it's going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, right now we're giving out virtual hugs, but sooner than later, we'll be giving out the real one. So tell me, what is 
What is next? Where does Sonia go now? I, my goal is to learn to live one day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone else, right? <laughs> yes. And, and like I said, I really want to get out there and start doing more of the work in person. And I, I want to reach out uh, uh, to groups that are larger and uh, and have more impact. And um expand this this whole message is something that shouldn't be limited to only people who are going through divorce but people who are going through all different kinds of adverse situations and people who just want more more joy more spirituality and more meaning in their lives so that's really my goal and how i'm going to go about it it's it's you know there's there's all these different projects and all these ideas swirling in my head uh, so we'll see. I'm meeting with my coach tomorrow and we're going to be fleshing those out. That's great. That's great. Actually, I need to, I think that's going to be something I need to look into, um, get myself a coach as I progress to hopefully one day sooner than later becoming one, because that's what I want to do. I think once you have the backing, the momentum and the credentials, I think that's when you truly become like a force to, to be reckoned with. Yeah, but when you have the wisdom, I think I think when you have the wisdom and when you have the personality and when you can impact others, just having that certification is just icing on the cake. 